What's up, everybody? Welcome to the next episode of Transform Recruiting. I appreciate you coming by and listening in. I've got an interesting guest for you to hear from today. Uh, I was uh, in the day-to-day role of my day job, not this job, uh, meeting with lots of different people. And every once in a while, I have those conversations where I'm like, ooh, this person totally gets it. Uh, so I wanted to introduce this person to you and let you hear a little bit of perspective from her. So Dee, thank you so much for being part of the, con- the podcast. Well, thanks for having me on. I was going to say concert, but um, you know, maybe. So give everyone a little bit of background on yourself so they at least understand where you're coming from and uh, what got you here in the first place. Sure. So I've been in the recruitment industry for half my life. Uh <laughs> Over 15 years working for various companies at different sizes, um, from startups to some Fortune 500s. Um, my journey kind of began as a recruiter, and I've held multiple leadership roles and positions overseeing various teams and strategies. Uh, most recently, I kind of consider myself a little bit of a disruptor, an early adopter of technology, and just an all around TA tech nerd. I love tech nerds as a fellow tech nerd. I think that's great. Um, Speaking of tech nerd, how do we get you closer to the microphone? It seems like it's a little soft. I want everyone to be able to hear you. Is that a little better? Yeah, no, that'd be great. Okay, Uh, so we'll go for that. Uh, So tech nerd, let's talk about the stuff that you're seeing as uh, being disruptive out there. What sort of things are you seeing in the recruiting tech space? Curious to get your opinion. Lots of stuff going on out there right now. I think um, AI is becoming a little, a little bit of a front runner at the moment. Um, there is just a ton of tech out there that does a lot of things, not all things. Um, currently, I'm revamping the tech stack at my current company, so I'm doing a lot of demos and and learning about kind of what the older tech companies are bringing to the market. And then of course, some new ones that are kind of emerging. Um, it's, it's kind of overwhelming. There's a lot out there. So what are, tell me a little bit about the use cases that you see for, for AI right now, because I've heard, I've heard the game and I feel like they're, while there are many things that it could do, I'm not so sure there's many things that it should do. So in your point of view, what do you see AI actually bringing to the table for recruitment? Well, we're looking at using AI for a couple of different things. Uh, We have both onshore, offshore teams. um, And just sort of in in the the forward-looking future, I think that, you know, recruitment, recruiters in general are going to have to become more of a marketer than they ever were in the past, more like a content creator. Um, So as we're sort of looking at our current ecosystem and some of the challenges that we face, which would be language barriers, um, sort of brand knowledge. uh, So we're kind of using AI in some different ways to help break the communication barriers. And I kind of want to I want to get to a point where we take it even further and maybe using AI for um, for uh, voiceover and things of that nature. Um, in our industry, it, it, a lot of the healthcare professionals that we work with or the types of clients that we work with, they're not 
they're not too keen on talking to people overseas. So the language barrier, the accents themselves kind of, oh, did I lose you? Nope. I still got you. Okay, perfect. The language barriers themselves kind of create a little bit of a a challenge when it comes to building out the brand because we're doing business in the U.S. Um, So I think that AI audio, um, as well as chat, as well as, uh, you know, just using it to write and create emails and just different content to engage with with the candidate pool is kind of what we're looking to use it for right now. Mm, That's really interesting because one of the things that when AI started popping up, gosh, like years and years ago, there's always been this conversation of we're going to replace the recruiter, like the recruiters no longer going to be needed. But we've always leaned into as an industry. Yeah, but AI can't create relationships. So I'm interested to hear your take because starting from the AI perspective of let's make it create content, which is almost like the the outward facing recruiter, right? It's the outward facing content creator. Where do you see AI's role in the funnel? And where do recruiters still bring value, even if there is AI in that funnel? So I think that it helps a recruiter I think some of the most time-consuming parts of recruitment are are creating your communication pieces, right? Because your audience, you don't know what your audience is looking for. And so in our industry right now, what we are what what they tried to do was remove the recruiter from the environment. Um, we had a couple of competitor companies out there that did it, you know, through the pandemic and it didn't take off as as well as they they had thought. Um, so I think that you still absolutely need the human component in there. Um, our candidate pools, they you know they don't want to talk to a recruiter until they do. So in using AI to to not only communicate with um, with candidates, but also sort of to bridge the gap between the U.S. and our offshore team. So it's, it's kind of, I, I believe that recruitment will benefit from AI by doing those small mundane tasks. I mean, we've all sat and tried to kind of put together a, a text message or an email to a specific type of candidate. It's time consuming. Um, recruiters tend to move relatively fast. They want to spend their time engaging with the candidate. Um, But right now in the market, what I'm sort of seeing is a a fight between candidates and recruiters. You have candidates who want so much more engagement and recruiters who don't have enough time to get to it. So I think that using AI to kind of automate those mundane tasks in between, you know, the initial conversation with the the candidate all the way up till placement, because in our world, it can kind of be a, a 30 to a 60 day um, cycle. Yeah. Long and process. so when we talk about AI and the ways that we use it now, like to stay in touch, right, to do check ins, uh, to do follow ups, just to let them know, hey, I'm still engaging with you while we're kind of in this waiting pit waiting pattern. So I think we're going to see a ton of AI mixed up in all of those things. Um, we're using it internally with, you know, tools like 
automation tools similar to Sense and, and things of that nature so that your recruitment cycle is kind of managed by the automation AI, but not to a point where it's replacing the recruiter. It's really working as an assistant just to step in. Yeah, and I like that because the main pain point from the candidate's perspective that you're looking to address is one that I've always had a bugaboo around, and it's like the application black hole. Like you either apply and hear nothing, or you have your first interview and then hear nothing. So using your AI to almost plug or fill that uh, recruitment black hole or application black hole, I think that's an awesome use case. Uh, because that really is, to your point, that's just content creation. Like it doesn't have to be fancy. They to get above your competitors, you literally just have to do better than zero. Like that's that's what it will take to do better. Um, so I love it. I think that that'll be a fantastic use case, and it's almost like a it's a better way of doing almost like drip email campaigns but much more targeted because AI knows how to do that. Yeah. And it, I think that we're, we're kind of using it. It's um, you're going to, you're, you're, you're the way in which you craft those messages are going to be very different for each yeah. type of uh, profession that you're recruiting for. Sure. Um, we have various levels of healthcare people that we recruit for. So the way I would engage with a nurse is going to be completely different than the way I might engage with a physician. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And the I way that that looks and feels is going to be very different. And so we're kind of building those journeys and those talk tracks using AI and automation together. I love it. I think that's going to be amazing. That'll certainly set you apart from the rest. Um, So you did mention at the top the journey that you're trying to go through of we're at a place where we're ready to just replace the tech stack. We're we're trying to evaluate everything. There's demos upon demos upon demos. So you bring a unique perspective to potentially a lot of people that are listening to the podcast of going through current pain, trying to discover what's even out there, and then trying to make the best decision for you in the business. So Do you mind if we go through that journey a little bit? So what prompted, all right, it's time to make a change. What was starting to become apparent? Um, I think that they, they, we were looking at software that will allow us, because the pandemic showed them that they had to scale up really quick. But then, of course, we go back down. And tech really kind of affects your environment with number of seats, right? So when we're starting our our journey, we're going to start with our ATS. And and currently our ATS, it works, but it doesn't have everything that some of the other ATSs out there have. And so while it fits the budget, it just doesn't fit the environment. So what they started to kind of do over the last year and a half was layer some quick fixes on top, but they don't all play nicely together. I think a lot of the decision-making with tech, you know, budget is a, is a big one. Um, and sometimes when you're making those decisions, you might not be in the best place revenue-wise. Um, and so you're forced to kind of make decisions based on what your budget can can support. Um, and so as organizations do that and they layer things on top, you know, you have other caveats that come into it too. You have a leader that comes from another organization that maybe used something and and he's just, he or she is just really like not willing to see how 
something else works. Uh, an example would be like Microsoft Teams when that first came out and um, Slack. You had people who were just dedicated to Slack. And then, you know, Teams came out and it had a lot of the bells and whistles that Slack had. So many people in our organization at the time were Slack users. Some were, you know, like, let's try out Microsoft Teams and see what it does. And quickly, right, it, it was this is a more cost-effective tool um, that can be launched out into the entire organization. So when we're looking at our tech stack, I have to kind of keep in mind our budget, our size, um, and how scalable is it. So we do have some some automation. It's not a lot. We're kind of starting from a blank canvas with an ATS. So it's, it is exciting because there's a lot to look at out there. So one of the first things that we, you know, had to, had to come to terms with was, okay, so we're using this piece of tech for text messaging and we need more automation. So we started to look into the companies that we currently have, you know, um, licenses with to see what other pieces of tech they're currently offering. And that kind of gets a little messy because you have all of these companies that are in existence that have something, right? But they're competing with the other tech companies out there. And so they start putting add-ons onto their tool. It might be, it, it checks the box is what I'll say. It won't be as robust as like AI chatbots, for example. There's some out there that are just meh, right? And there are others that are, there's a lot going on, right? But they don't have the text platform. So it's kind of like you, you're, you really like some things in one company, but they don't have the things that the other company provides. So like taking a look at finding a tool, moving both off, finding a tool that kind of comes into the environment and solves both issues. So that's kind of where we're at, right? And we're stuck in this, you know, subscription business and contracts are, you know, we're stuck in them for two years. So it's kind of like, okay, well, we're going to still keep using this for texting, but we're going to, we're going to move, you know, um, email messaging and notifications over here. And so while I understand why we have to do that, it puts a tremendous burden on the recruitment team because they're probably working in seven different systems at any given time. Yeah. So when you look at that from an organization standpoint, I, I have a, a, a team that is offshore that is working on all of these tools. And you know, from a hardware standpoint, they don't have everything they need to be in all of these systems to work effectively. So you know, when I'm looking at a tech stack and what we're going to bring into the environment, I'm always trying to solve multiple problems with one tool simply because of that problem right there. Right. And it's it's tr the focus is to try to keep the recruiters in one system so that they they aren't coming out to go and do other things, because that's sort of when mistakes happen. That's when the candidate experience and the employee experience sort of breaks down. So when I'm looking at tech, um, I'm kind of trying to solve multiple problems with one tool, but we all know that it can't be solved with one tool. Right. right. Well, yeah, yeah, the one size does not fit all certainly applies. Um, so there is this new kind of exploration that, you know, I 
talked to a lot of people about when I went to SIA back in Miami and even the year before in, um, in Austin. And I'm really curious to go, I'm going to go to the London exec forum here at the end of the year. And I'm curious to hear a little bit more about it because the idea of platform is starting to become a big conversation for people. And what platform means to everyone is a little different. In my mind, based on what I understand about how platforms can be effective, it's almost like exactly what you're trying to describe of this one system. But to you, does fla- does platform mean something different than system, mean something different than app? How do you kind of describe it? So the way that I look at a platform, it's going to be all encompassing, right? So if if I have a plat, that's my dream actually is to have okay. a platform. <laughs> Describe your dream for the audience. They'd love to hear it. I'm sure lots of people share it. I mean, you know, if I, if I had kind of an unlimited budget, unlimited people, unlimited resources, right. I definitely would create a global platform that integrates all aspects of recruitment from job posting to onboarding, all powered by AI to ensure you know, unbiased hiring, but uh, the platform would have kind of continuous learning modules for candidates and recruiters alike, kind of bridging the gap real time. Um, it's it's funny to me, I, we in our industry, we have kind of, it, we're in a space that we've never seen before. So you've got a lot of the talent that's in the market right now that kind of fell into it just because that's what everybody was doing. Um, and the same goes for the staffing agencies as well. So right now we kind of have this blind leading the blind. And, you know, I, I do know for a fact that the candidate pool, because I follow all the message boards out there just to see what's going on and, and kind of keep my pulse on things. They have no, the candidate pool in our industry has no idea how it works. Like zero concept. How it, how and recruiting so, works. How, well, how our, our type of recruiting works, yes, Got it. And, yeah. and how, how because it is pretty complex, um, our industry, the, the, the healthcare piece of it. And, you know, they do work just like a contractor, but they're, 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 all, they're like a, a giant army of individuals that, you know, um, go by hearsay. Um, and it's funny to me because they will not they will not like rely on the recruiter as the knowledge base. So we're kind of in a situation right now where the industry is changing so much and so are the rules and and the rules kind of went out the window during the pandemic. And so now the rules are coming back into play and you have this candidate base that is like, what? What's going on? And and the same for the the recruit the recruiters. They're like, why can't we get people placed as as quickly? Why are the clients being so picky? And it's 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 literally because we're going back to how things used to be. Um, and so I think that most job seekers in the market don't really know how this all works. They really don't. Um, as I sit on the weird world of LinkedIn today. And, and watch job seekers kind of, you know, speaking about recruiters and, and vice versa. It is so disconnected. They just have zero concept of how it works. So I, I want my platform to have that, that education piece to, to teach them how to work with recruiters the right way and, and recruiters how to engage and work with candidates the right way. Um, technology, I believe, has been, uh, has been great. 
right? Not to date myself, but when I started recruiting, we were faxing profiles to to clients, you know? Vanilla folders everywhere. (laughs) I remember that. The technology has been just a lifesaver, but at the same token, I think it has kind of made it a little bit complex and difficult. Um, As the technology advances, the candidate pool tends to age. Um, You know, you've got people in the mix that expect different things, right? Uh, You've got people who who want a quick, easy button. and And then you have people who kind of, they're like, well, I don't even know where to begin with this stuff. Um, do I pay you? <laughs> so it's, it, it, I think that education around recruitment and staffing is, is, is really needed for both job seeker and, um, and the companies that support the recruiters. What an incredible trust builder that would be like to be able to set expectations from the outset of here's what it's going to be like to work with us. And there's your content generation right there. Like it doesn't have to be the recruiter themselves doing it, right? It could be AI or anyone else that could set that stuff up. But yeah, my biggest thing right now is uh, with my company I'm with is we're not known in the market. And so again, solving multiple problems with one thing, um, we're using our content to educate our job seekers. We're using the same content to actually train new hires um, and then using it a third time to um, to really engage with um, our social channels, right? So when we're looking at like a piece of t- a, a piece of content that I'm going to put out, um, kind of like top five, right? Educating your followers is is so important. I spent a lot of time at a recent trade show um, with with candidates in our industry, just educating them on how it works, how to, how to, how to, how to do your resume so that, you know, you're, you're formatting it in a way in which the hiring managers look at it can, can quickly know whether or not you would fit in their environment or not. Um, And based on the feedback from the candidates, it was just like, they were just mind blown. Oh my gosh, I never knew any of this. Um, and oh my gosh, this is free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's free. Yeah. Um, they love free. They certainly do. Um, and so, you know, it's something that I kind of did with candidates as they stopped by our booth. I said, hey, send me your resume. I'll do a quick review of it and give you some some quick pointers on how to how to change it so that you can present yourself better to recruiters and to the to the um, facilities you're trying to work at. That kind of stuff and comes back. They loved it. They yeah. absolutely loved it. And I think that's sort of what's going to help us uh, differentiate ourselves from the competitors is by providing education content on how this all works and how to work with us. Yeah. No, I think that's going to do wonders for what you've got going on. I think that's going to be amazing. Uh, so, so I am I going, going to, to, in the show notes of this, share everyone uh, your LinkedIn so that they can jump on, learn some more from you, watch maybe some of this content that you've got going out so that they can learn maybe some best practices for themselves. But as the person who's going through this tech stack change based on what you're finding, Give us like your top takeaway from what you're learning so far. If someone were to go out and reevaluate a tech stack, what would you want them to know? I think the first thing you need to do is start at the beginning of your recruitment cycle. 
in doing the discovery phase, understanding how people come into your environment and then how it kind of carries on through there is, is important. Um, so when I, I start looking at uh, reevaluating a tech stack, I start with how do your leads come into your system? And then I kind of build out from there. Um, so we take a look at what what are the challenges from the moment the lead hits your database until the moment you place them. And understanding, you know, the the tools you currently have in place, what's working, what's not. What would what would looking at the tool that you currently have, what would be great to have but it doesn't have and kind of starting my search from there. I think it's really important for anybody who is evaluating a tech stack to be connected into TA tech and know what's going on um, as companies are getting acquired and, um, you know, growing and scaling up their tech stack drastically changes or their tech drastically changes year over year. I mean, something I looked at last year is completely different than what they have this year. So tech is moving fast and, and staying changes. ahead of it is part of the challenge. Um, I often find out things like by mistake or by, on, on accident or, you know, just by looking at some stuff on LinkedIn, I'll run into a piece of tech. So you kind of have to always have your pulse out there on the tech and what's going on with it. And I also always say kind of watch how leadership moves through these tech companies. Um, they, the leaders that join these tech companies or um, are coming from an another tech company, I kind of tend to watch that because I know what they'll bring into a new, uh, uh, I know what they'll bring into a new, a new company with based on the tech that they've developed in the past. I so like staying, staying on the pulse is really, really key because it's just moving so fast. Yeah. Well, two things I took away from just that statement. One that's the exact reason I wanted to start this kind of podcast because it's so hard for me to keep up and that's my job is to keep up with the recruiting tech. So it's so awesome to be able to have these conversations that would be crazy powerful for everyone else to learn from. And I thank you so much for wanting to spend your time and for sharing this with everybody. But one of the, the key things that I think how you're approaching your tech stack versus how I see a lot of others that I think is going to help you in the long run that I wish more people did is you very much are taking the approach of engagement throughout the system, not so much of the tracking throughout the system. Like we've all lived and died by the applicant tracking system. No one can see my air quotes, but tracking system. But like what everyone's truly needing right now is an applicant engagement system. That's totally different. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're on, on the right path now of trying to develop your own version of one of those. And I, I think it's going to do amazing things. Well, thank you so much for having me and letting me talk about it a little bit. Anytime you want to come on and share what you're learning throughout this journey. Honestly, that's a, once you make all these decisions to come up with, here's what you're going to truly do. I'd love to have you back on and talk about the final tech stack so that you can share what you learned with everyone because there's a lot of people that are going through the same thing. 
Oh, I would love that. I would love that. Another thing I would tell listeners um, is if you want a discovery matrix that I've kind of built so that you can assess all of the tech that you've reviewed, I'd be happy to share that with folks too. Whoa. All right. So send them straight to LinkedIn and they can get in touch with you. Absolutely. I'll do it. All right, everyone, check the show notes so that you can get that because that would be crazy valuable for you to have uh, if you want to start looking at recruitment tech the same way that D is. Well, thanks again. Really, really appreciate you taking time out. Uh, everyone, if you want more episodes like this and uh, try and do your best to keep up with recruiting tech like I'm trying to as much as possible, uh, head over to transformrecruiting.com. There'll be this and many, many other episodes over there for you. Uh, and with that, send me any messages that you've got, any questions you've got, I'll happily ask them to past and future guests at hello at bradowens.com. Uh, thanks again to Dee for spending some time with me today and uh, we'll see y'all soon.